Jewish Latin Princess, episode 155, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Today, we have a great Ask Yael for you. We actually have a few finance-related questions from the audience. But before I jump in, I want to say thank you to those of you who joined the Stock Market Investing Workshop. It was such a hit, a lot um, a lot more than I expected. I don't know what I was expecting. It was um, a pretty adventurous, bold move on my part, but everybody was extremely happy that I did it. <laughs> and I love doing it. The feedback has been incredible. Um, I really am so well received. So stay tuned for more offers like that. Um, let's see what we come up with. We actually have been running a very successful finance education and mentorship membership in Spanish for eight months now. I don't know if you know that. And for the first time, I've decided that we are closing the doors to new members later this week. We won't open the doors for registration again for the next four to five months, at which point we might launch an English one or merge it all into one big, ing bigger English language one. Um, we just tried launching an English one, but we decided to merge the audience that signed up was actually, you know, would do better in the Spanish cohort. So we, we decided to put that on hold for a while, especially because I'm a little bit short staffed. One of my team members um, is becoming a grandmother soon. So anyway, in the meantime, if you're one of the many Spanish speaking listeners of this show, and you've been hearing me talk about the Momentum community, which is this membership that I just referred to. You know, you might have heard it here. You might have heard it on social media. I'm definitely, you know, very vocal about it on social media. And you're wondering if you should join. This is the time. This week, we have an amazing session with CEO Whisperer, business coach, TEDx speaker, and author, Ari Schwartzman. Ari Schwartzman, originally from Mexico City. Anyway, you can get all the details on Momentum and, you know, our May event with Ari um, and our Q&A of the month and all the things that we ha happen during the the month at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash momentum, or you can DM me on Instagram. Finally, this Thursday night, I will be conducting an amazing pop-up workshop in Spanish for my Latin ladies here that you don't want to miss. It's based on the number one question that I get asked by women. And guess what? It has little to do with business or finance and a lot to do with self-confidence and bravery and how to go out there and sell. So to get the scoop on that, head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash brijar or DM me on Instagram. Did you like how I said that? <laughs> it means shine in Spanish. Anyway, because we're going to talk all about shine, like letting your light shine. And it's going to be amazing. I've been dying to do a workshop on this for a really, really long time. So head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash brillar if you want to be part of this coming up this Thursday night. We're going to spend together 90 minutes and it's going to be very, very, very awesome. Okay, so I have a new setup at home. We're gearing up for the new show around here. And so I have a new arm stand for my mic. Finally, I'm not exactly sure what took me so long. So I'm completely hands-free and in much better shape with my mic. I'm just loving the new 
setup. And drum roll, please. I have glasses. I have reading glasses for now because I'm really at a stage where I could get progressives, but I'm not doing it yet. I'm kind of getting used to the new, you know, the new situation. I'm very happy with my purchase. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram. If you follow me there, you saw that I ended up going for um, Warby Parker after trying several other companies. And we did that both for my pair of glasses and for my husband's. And I'm super, super happy. By the way, some of you might have been um, recommending that I try Warby Parker's um, on Instagram. So thanks for the referral. All right, let's hit the mailbag. And our first question comes from Zelda in good old Facebook Messenger. I'm glad I caught the question because I'm really not there that often. Although Zelda is a member of my free um, face private Facebook group, Jewish Money Matters. So it makes sense that she tried reaching me there and I'm glad I caught the question. So she asked last week, Shalom Yael, I look forward to Sunday's workshop. Yes, Zelda was there. She was very active and I enjoyed having you, Zelda. Um, I have been investing since high school when at lunch I would head to a nearby broker and watch the ticker. Guys, can I just make a parenthesis here? Is this awesome or what? Like this is totally unusual and this is totally amazing. I'm already, uh, you got me there, Zeldi. All right. So most of my adult life, I'm almost 72. My dear sister, a blessed memory, handled the investment paperwork. My husband has no interest in investing. I think he would put money in the mattress if possible. You mean under the mattress. My question is, how long should one keep trade statements. I want to have a better understanding of my accounts, commissions paid, understand required minimum distribution or RMD, as she referred to it in the question, etc. Love your podcasts, always interesting and entertaining. May the Abisher send you and your yours continued blessings. Much shalom and gracias, Zelda Miriam. Zelda, you are a sweetheart. Thank you so much. And you're a total rock star. I mean, since high school, you would head to the broker and watch the ticker symbols. And I mean, I'm blown away. Okay, this is the way to do it, people. Like, start young. We talked about this in the investment investment workshop, the importance of starting young because of what is called compounding. And you want to bet time makes is is the most important variable here that makes the biggest difference. But if you didn't start earlier, then today is the best day to start. So don't let, you know, don't stop yourself because, oh, I never did it. So I'm not going to do it. But anyway, that's beyond the point. Let's get to Zelda's question. Okay. Her question is how long should one keep trade statements? Um, I know she has she didn't specifically ask about the accounts, the commissions, the requirement and distribution. So I did um, answer a little bit on that um, on the workshop for her. So let's talk about the trade statements. Okay. It's a little bit of a technical question, but not too hard at all. Listen, I am personally allergic to paper (laughs) and to clutter, and I try to keep most things in electronic files. But still, the question is, you know, how long before we send those statements to the shredder or we hit the delete button, right? So just so everybody understands, the reason to keep any paperwork has mostly to do with taxes. So you can also ask your accountant how long you'll need to keep paper, um, depending on when he or she claimed any deductions or any capital gains, any losses, anything like that. But in general, you want to hold on to the annual investment statements, um, any yearly statements that show stocks and mutual funds, you know, purchases and capital gains distributions and reinvested dividends and all that stuff for at least three years after you've sold the investment. 
Um, if you have securities, um, that means stocks, that for whatever reason became worthless, which I doubt that you do, but you know, it happens. It happened to me when I was younger. Um, you should keep those records until you claim the loss on your taxes and you have seven years to claim the loss. So again, it's an accountant question, you know, when is it done and so on and so forth. Now, in general, for everybody to know, it is important to know that we should be keeping tax records for at least seven years in the case that there's an audit which the IRS can do within that period of time. So the general rule of thumb is keep the statements for seven years and then you're free to let go of them, which, you know, I always find a little bit annoying because seven years is a long time. All right. We have another question um, from another listener, which have huh, funny enough, the, 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 the time period, seven years comes up again. Huh? And this question is from Chaya Miriam. She asks via email. She says, yeah, L, I just listened to the recording from Israel and wow, it was so capital S O O O O informative. Well, thank you, Chaya Miriam. She's referring to the stock market investing workshop. Like you've mentioned, I wish I'd learned these things earlier. I really enjoy listening to your podcasts in general. Kudos to you for helping so many Jewish women. I have a financial question completely unrelated to the workshop, which I was wondering if you'd be able to help me with. I had a baby in America last summer and had an $1,800 doctor's bill that I didn't pay that I that ended up going to collections. The whole thing is a little bit complicated. There were some issues with insurance, but at the end of the day, the bill was legit. There's no real good reason not to pay. Anyway, I just got a notice about a major derogatory um, to my credit score. It dropped about 55 points. Currently, it's about 744. I don't think that's too bad. I agree. That's not too terrible at all. It's actually good credit. And I was wondering if you would know if there's anything to do about fixing the damage to my credit score. And at this point, would it help to pay the bill? And if yes, how would I go about doing it in a way that would possibly help my credit? Also, if I don't pay the bill, could my credit score drop more? All right. So this is a great question. And hi, Miriam, you're not alone. Um, you know, I found a statistic that said from a couple of years back that said that about 30 percent, 30 or 31 percent of adults in the U.S. have collections accounts in their credit on their credit reports. I mean, I'm not recommending it. I'm not endorsing it. I don't think it's a good thing. And I'm sure with the pandemic, this, you know, the statistics have increased. Um, but let's tackle this. I am I am big on, you know, I'm big on credit scores. Um, 744 is not bad at all. But obviously, you're kind of like me, you want to get that up to the 800s and you want to get it back to like excellent credit if you can. All right. So what I did is I did a little research on this, Chaya Miriam, and I found out some com comforting news for you. And that is that medical debt holds less weight than, let's say, an unpaid credit card bill. So, you know, those 55 points maybe wouldn't, weren't as big a dip as it would have otherwise. I don't know. But it was interesting to note that it doesn't have the same weight as other debt, for example, um, you know, credit card debt, that credit card bills like that are not paid, right? Um, the old, the also the other plus here is that medical bills typically have a grace period of 180 days before being listed on the credit reports. And thirdly, 
these debts are removed from your credit score once they've been paid off. And that last part is the good news for you. Otherwise, they do remain on your credit report for seven years before getting dropped off, which by the way, even if you haven't paid them off, interestingly enough, they do get dropped off. So we don't want to wait seven years to clean our credit report. And we want to try to, you know, boost that number as soon as possible. So you did ask me if I think you should pay it. And the answer is yes, I think you should. It really is best to avoid that unpaid medical bill to impact your credit score any further. The question remains, can it go down further? Um, possibly yes, if you don't pay it, right? And seven years is also a long time. You don't want your credit score to drop to such an extent that it prevents you from qualifying for lower interest rates, a mortgage, etc. And it sounds if, if the problem here is, if you're at 744 right now, it means that you've been pretty diligent and meticulous about, you know, maintaining good credit. So, you know, let's, let's just do it. Um, you know, let's just do it. I would start by tackling the the debt. And if you know, if you don't have the $1,800 readily available, that's fine. Number one, you can also you can always try to negotiate the debt. Um, it's not uncommon at all for medical bills to get reduced after time if you can negotiate. And it's not uncommon. No, and I'm trying to say it's not uncommon for medical bills to get renegotiated, which, you know, with other kinds of debt is a little bit more complex. With this, you probably have some wiggle room. Um, But do do try to pay, okay? And you can start small. But again, it's better to start trying to pay off the bill now rather than waiting because the longer you wait, the lower the, the more impact on your credit score. So how do you start if you can't pay a lump sum, um, you know, and you look at your finances and you look at your budget, just just make an assessment of how much you can pay every month and make adjustments as as necessary, you know, pay what you can. um, And you'll likely need to deal with the collections agency to negotiate the payments that you can make and over how many months. And again, you could try to negotiate the final amount, especially if you can give them a lump sum, you could try to negotiate something before you even start paying off the debt. Um, And try to actually get and this might take This might be annoying because it might take a little bit of time on your part, but it really might be worth it. And I know with the time difference and being in Israel, you know, but it might really be worth it to have these conversations. And after you do that, to keep detailed records of everything that you talked about, including the person's name, what you discussed, what agreement was named, was made, and to get an agreement in writing about the conditions of the settlement if you reach one. And that is important to have in writing. Um, and, you know, you will, you will notice a difference on your credit score. Uh, you, you, you just, you just will, and you won't have this added stress of the medical bill that could just, it just be hunt, hunting you for the next um, seven years. So, Thank you for the question, Chaya Miriam. And um, I like very practical questions like these. And please, if I can say final parting words on this would be, you know, take it seriously, but don't let it drag you down. You've been so diligent. You have such good credit. 
this, you, you can deal with it. You can deal with it. And I know you will. And it's happened to many of us. And while I don't think that what I'm about to say necessarily applies to you, Chaya Miriam, in particular, I, I can't, I can't tell all of you who are listening, having been being now on the other side of not so stellar credit in my 20s, that credit can be rebuilt. Again, you don't want to wait seven years to rebuild your credit, right? Um, but it can be done. And I encourage anybody who, you know, who hasn't looked at their credit recently to do it, you can get um, you can sign up to creditkarma.com. I love that website. And you can keep tabs on your credit um, there regularly. I'm kind of a credit score nerd, <laughs> probably because in my 20s, I wasn't and I let my credit score take a deep dive. And I only started taking it seriously, uh, probably in my 30s, um, which is not a good idea. And now I do have like, seriously stellar credit. Again, I'm such a nerd. And I have a good friend of mine who jokes that I can walk out of a car dealership with whatever car I want and great financing, which, you know, it's funny, because I actually do need to buy a new car. So that's just a side point. If anyone has good tips on that, hit me up because I'd love to hear I'm not looking I keep postponing the process because I'm not looking forward to that process even though you think like oh getting a new car eh? it's always a little bit of you know of an intimidating process and you have to arm yourself with information and thick skin but hey I can do this right so if anybody has good tips on um, car buying um, I'm all I'm all ears all right so that's for Chaya Miriam now Oh, next up is Eddie. And Eddie has a question on Miser or Maaser, which means tithing. This is actually an important question that came via um, via WhatsApp. By the way, if you want to join my WhatsApp group in Spanish, we have two of them. It's the same group, except there's a limit to the size of the group. So we opened a second one and it's called Sabiduría Financiera con Yael, which means I'm sure you got that financial wisdom with Yael. So if you want to join that WhatsApp group or one of them, you can text the following number. It's plus one eight three two three one seven six seven seven eight to join us. Um, we'll give you the invite link right there. And I'm sure, you know, if you're driving, please do not write this down. I will put it somewhere in the show notes. Um, that number is 832-317-6778. It's a broadcast group and, you know, it's silent. You don't have to listen to anybody else except me. And I share financial wisdom in small bites from Monday through Friday. So Etty asked me the following question through you know, the WhatsApp group. She says, Yael, I enjoy everything that I'm learning in this group. I know you've talked a lot about Miser tithing. And my question is regarding Miser from the business. In the event that I have received a large sump lump payment, sorry, some lump payment, a large sale into my business, how would I take Miser from that money? Let me explain. The business given that it didn't make much money in sales for a while, incurred some debt. So really, the new money that we made in sales would go to pay the debt. But do I have to take my surf from it first? All right. So that's Etty's question. I hope everybody got that. Basically, she just had a big sale and she's wondering how does she tithe this given the particular situation that she incurred debt during the time period that there were practically no sales, which makes sense, right? Love the question. And I've been asked many variations of the same question 
many, many, many times. So here it goes. Super, super important. The first thing is that we have to understand a very important principle when we're running a business. And that is that we have to keep our business and our personal finances separate. This is just a general as we say, a clow, something important to keep in mind. It's prudent on many levels. It's going to simplify your life. Um, and again, a lot of personal finance is just being organized. And I can discuss all of this at another time. But here with this question in my story, it's a one vivid example where we see the importance of keeping things organized and s- separating things becomes um you know, the the importance of keeping things separate becomes really evident, okay? And here's what I mean. When you have a business, and by the way, I'm about to save you a lot of money, Eddie, (laughs) which is exactly the phrase my Rav answered me a couple of years ago when I asked a similar question on my surf for my business, (laughs) for my business income. (laughs) So here's how I'm saving you money. When you have a business, most of the expenses that the IRS would consider deductions, which, as you know, are a lot, you can also deduct from MICER, meaning you only you really only take MICER from the profit of the business or in more practical terms, as it applies to a small business owner, from the salary that you pay yourself, right? So you should be making sales revenue then using some for operating expenses, right? And a percentage of revenue that, I'm sorry, and that's a percentage of revenue that you consistently keep in the business to cover the constant operating expenses of the business that, that the business entails to, to, you know, to keep running, right? And then some of the revenue you should be paying yourself as a salary, yes? Now, that money that you pull out of the business to go into your personal account, that is salary. That is money from which you now take MICER. So back to your case, Eddie. You would only separate MICER on the money that you're pulling out of the business as personal salary. But here's the other layer to this question, and that is the debt. Most um, Jewish legal authorities agree that when a person is in debt, they don't give MICER, they don't tithe. Um, and that's in a way kind of the sad reality of being in debt, right? That we don't have the the privilege of doing this mitzvah until we, you know, until we've um, cleared our debt. And then now we can start tithe, giving, giving MICER, which obviously, again, I want to stress, it is a beautiful mitzvah and it's a privilege, okay? But this is a side point, an important side point, but a side point. In your particular case, Eddie, we're talking about business debt that the business incurred to stay in operations while the sales revenue had dipped. That means, Eddie, that the business debt is now a business expense. And therefore, the nice revenue that you just received will automatically go towards debt repayment. At least a portion of it will be used for debt repayment as well as all the other business expenses that that you might have. Now then, if you are able to pull salary after that, of course, what I said earlier would apply, right? Which is that if you don't have any personal debt, then you would definitely take MICER from that salary. So I hope that's clear. Again, you you would be using the revenue that just came in to cover your operating expenses 
a good portion of those operating expenses seems to be debt repayment. So no, you don't have to pull MISER from that revenue. And again, you would only pull MISER from money that you are quote unquote pocketing, right? Paying yourself as a salary. So if you do pay yourself a salary soon from this revenue, you know, maybe it's, 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 maybe you can, right? Then of course that now becomes your personal money. And of course that is money that you would tithe in the event that you are in a situation where you are tithing. That is that you don't have personal debt. Okay. So I just reduced your bill significantly and hopefully, you know, hopefully this new revenue can clear some of that debt and fuel a lot of your operations and lead to much, much, much more revenue. Keep me posted and I wish you tremendous success. I don't even know what the business is, Eddie, so let me know, but um, much atzlacha on that. And that's a wrap, ladies. Once again, thank you for your patience um, as we try to navigate um, merging shows. And I will keep you posted on when the big reveal of the new show is happening. But in the meantime, we're still here. A lot of things need to happen before that. Um, So it is a little choppy. And I appreciate your patience. um, And I appreciate your loyalty. I had a chance to get on the phone just earlier today, rather on Zoom, not on the phone with a listener from Australia who had left a review and it was so fun. So I really, really enjoyed doing that. Um, Hit me up with those reviews and I will continue to pick a listener and get on the phone with you and talk to you about life, money, family, business, faith, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm here for it. All right. And so thank you to all those nice reviews. Keep them coming. And all the nice reviews also from the investing workshop. Thank you for that. That was lovely. And I posted some of them on Instagram. And maybe I'll have my assistant share some more over there because I, I she told me today that there were a lot more in the feedback form that I haven't even gone through. So on a final note, if you're interested in this week's pop-up workshop on Thursday night on self-confidence and selling, yeah, that's the topic, selling with confidence, right? Join me this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time by registering at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash brillar. And as you can tell, that workshop will be in Spanish. So that's it, ladies. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you being here. Keep sending those questions in and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.